Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here's your host for On the Mark, Joe McGranahan. Thank you and good morning. Welcome on board On the Mark. I'm here today with Steve Kushaloff as Mark Lawrence enjoys the remainder of this week off on vacation. Good morning, Stephen. Good to see you, sir. Yes, sir, Joe. Always a pleasure. Um, maybe you're just exaggerating a tad there, but it's nice to hear you say that. Okay. Okay. On the Mark is brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company, a family-owned dealership since 1915. 4th Street in Sunbury, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Find out more about them at www.sunburymotors.com. They invite you to visit the Quick Lane on North 4th Street in Sunbury, where they specialize in all types of service on vehicles, state inspection, nitrogen free tires, and they're open Monday through Friday, 6.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Saturday, 6.30 a.m. till 2 p.m. You can find them on the web at www.sunburymotors.com. Check out their online specials and build a Ford or Ford car or truck to your specifications right online. And then click on a coupon for the Works Fuel Saver package. The Sunbury Motor Company sells Ford, Hyundai, Kia cars. They are the premier service provider for all makes of cars and trucks and all sizes of trucks. And they're a master towing service with decades of experience. It's an open phones day with uh, my friend Steve and our... Our toll-free line is open, 1-800-795-9565, or email us at onthemark at wkok.com. So I have a question for you, Well, Joe. I've got an answer for you, Steve. Okay. Now, you were... No, that's uh, my answer. <laughs> you were very uh, critical of Joe Biden for his fist bump with uh, Saudi uh, leaders. You mean the murderer that he called him? Were you, uh, are you then, are you equally critical of Donald Trump for his uh, embrace and support of the Live Golf Tour? Actually, I don't really care about that. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, then I, that... Apparently, you are familiar with it. Anyway. I am. Okay. Saudi Arabian. Well, I mean, look at Phil Mickelson. He took $121 million from those folks. Right. Hey, if somebody's offering me $121 million, they got to be a pretty rotten individual before I'd turn them down. Well, you know, in the case, it's interesting you mentioned Mickelson because in the same, uh, and this is why he came under quite a bit of uh, animosity, uh, in the same announcement where he said that uh, he was taking their money, he also acknowledged the murderous, uh, you know, background and history of the Saudi uh, tour. Anyway, um, but to answer, your, uh, to answer your question, I had no problem with Joe Biden's fist bump. I just didn't like the hypocrisy of people on the left raising cane. Oh, Donald Trump, he's sucking up to these despots. He's horrible. All he's doing is the same thing Joe Biden's doing. You have to have relationships with these people, whether they're horrible or not. I mean, suppose we just ignored Adolf Hitler. Well, sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And uh, that's why I, I think when, when Biden came back from we from Saudi Arabia the other night uh, and you know there's, there's always reporters outside of the White House and maybe you saw this clip um, Biden was asked uh, a question and he answered it and then he was asked about the fist bump and he said why don't you go, why don't you people ask ask me a question that matters when you ask me a question that matters I'll give you an answer and he just 
went in, in went into the White House. So, uh, well, that's part of his senior city senior citizen no. testyism. It's a legitimate question. He had all these horrible things to say about him, and yet he gives him a fist bump. It seems to me there is at least some reason for skepticism about his true feelings. No, I think because he the first question was. Uh, related to, did you acknowledge in your audience with the Saudis? Did you acknowledge uh, their 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 murder of Khashoggi, or did you acknowledge the uh, their their bad behavior? And he uh, said very very plainly, yes, I did. So I think Biden. But we don't know that. I mean, he can oh, say well, anything uh, after uh, he's done. No wait, no wait, Joe. Come on. Uh, you know, one second you're criticizing Biden for being two-faced, and now I give you no, an example. No, I'm just saying we don't know what happened in that room. The same way Donald Trump would come out and say, "I did this," "I said that." We don't know for certain what they said. Well, but when Biden says to a reporter, it, you know, in a way, Joe, it doesn't matter what he said over in Saudi Arabia because when the reporter said, "Did you tell Saudi Arabia that their behavior is terrible?" Biden said, yes, I did. So, you know, it doesn't matter what actually happened in a room somewhere. Biden acknowledged on television in front of a reporter. Well, yes, and, and I he told did, him in fairness to Joe Biden. He also made his feelings about uh, the crown prince well known before he ever went there. Right. However, uh, there are some people who say that he, had, he ate crow in those meetings, that he had to try and get them to produce more gas. Well, so whether he did or he didn't, I don't know. But my point is, However it is, an American president has to deal with these people. Whether it's Donald Trump, whether it's Joe Biden, or whoever it is, we can't ignore people who are prominent oh, in the world stage. Right. We just can't do it. No, we can't ignore them. And, uh, you know, there are, there are ways we can temper our behavior when we meet with them. But, um, let's face it, it's probably better, at least if there is some kind of a meeting of the mind. Well, let's look at it this way. Joe Biden was a guest in their house. It would be rude of him, and I would think diplomatically imprudent of him, to express some gesture of contempt to his hosts. He obviously was there with something in mind. He wanted something from them. Otherwise, sure. he wouldn't have gone. Right. So whatever it was he wanted from them, he had to at least be polite enough to have some hope of getting it. And let me just ask you one final question. If he had simply shaken hands with the Saudi leader as opposed to a fist bump, do you think that might be a little more acceptable to you? Well, handshakes have been diplomatically acceptable forever. So fist bumps, less so. I mean, I'm, I don't know of too many fist bumps as being an official sign of greeting. Well, uh, whatever. But, you know, yes, I would have had no problem with him shaking hands. I had no problem with the fist bump, except that I think that's hypocritical for people to complain about what uh, Donald Trump did while accepting it from Joe Biden. So your, com your, your concern is not over Biden so much. It's over his, quote, supporter's reaction. To what he did. Well, the fact that they condone that and they say that's fine, but they didn't accord Donald Trump the same. Well, we can. Looks like we have a call there, Joe. Yes, we do. It's Eric. Good morning, Eric. You're on the mark. Good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. Good um, so yesterday in the House of Representatives, we had a passage of a couple of bills uh, to uh, help protect same-sex marriage and also contraception, uh, but. 140, 157 uh, Republicans voted against it, and I've been looking through different different comments, uh, different news outlets on why they were against it, and they were saying pretty much, oh, it's not needed. Uh, at the same time, you know, people called into this show 
over the past few weeks after Roe versus Wade was overturned, blaming the Democrats for not codifying uh, or, you know, through federal law, the right for an abortion. Uh, and now, while we're trying to, to do the same to at least protect same-sex marriage and uh, contraception, we now have Republicans saying, oh, it's not necessary. That's why we didn't vote for it. Um, your thoughts? But some, uh, I think 47 Republicans did vote for it. Exactly. So why are you condemning exactly. the Republicans who voted against it? They had their right to their opinion, didn't they? Well, yes, but it's the way they... Uh, I, the I way just said, Joe. But, but... What? They, they made but the people. claim. They made the claim that there was no need, as Eric says, because it was quote-unquote settled law. And that's the same thing. That's the same thing that... Republican Supreme Court nominees said when they were asked about Roe v. Wade. They said, oh, no, no, don't worry. I would never tamper with Roe v. Wade. That no, is they never, they never said that. They never I, said they would not tamper with it. They just talked about, I think, what they call a juris decisis or something like that. It's something that, that has been settled. But anything can be re reopened. Of course it can, Joe. And, if and you, I have no problem with the Congress trying to codify. If they can get it passed, I have no problem with them trying to codify abortion rights. I have no problem with same-sex marriage being codified if they can get it through the Congress. If well, that is okay. the will of the American people, I have no problem with it. Right, that. but you are ignoring, uh, you're ignoring Eric's point, and you're ignoring this whole concept of Supreme Court nominees who lie when they come before So did Ruth Congress. Bader Ginsburg lie then, too? Well, maybe she did. She, well, you're going to say the Republicans lied. She lied. She said had well, wouldn't know. wouldn't be pinned down on how she might vote and then voted another way. And, you know, and I that's, know. That, they, first of all, they should never be asked those questions. Why not? Because that's not proper. You don't ask a judge, how would you decide if a case came before you? If that's the case, if what judge is worth his salt is going to say, well, you know, Steve, I don't care what the facts of the case are, I'm going to vote your way. That's not the way the system works. They decide these issues based on the law in front of them, the way they interpret the law, and there's nothing wrong with that. You may not like the decisions, but that's the way it should work. Right, and we also know that what happens now and probably regardless of party, when these Supreme Court nominees come before Congress, they don't really answer much of anything. They find a way they? to kind of work their way around it. The well, main they, thing they should be concerned about, the main thing Congress should be concerned about is their qualifications. Did they have the proper education? Do they have experience? Have they a track record, uh, you know, in upholding the law? Maybe oh. you don't like the way they decided certain issues, okay. but did they do it fairly? Were and they when, just? Did when, they, I'll, I'll interrupt you guys for a second because right. what my point I want to be is moving forward. Okay, so um, what about the two other bills that were passed last week related to uh, abortion or the uh, ability for someone to cross state lines, make it legal uh, across the United States, you cross state lines to get an abortion, and the Republicans are blocking that. They won't even bring it to a vote in the Senate. What about that? How can the Republicans stop it from coming to a vote? The Democrats have about enough votes to put it on the floor filibuster you need uh, now you need but 60 the, votes or more that doesn't mean that that would keep it from passing but that wouldn't keep it from going onto the floor well i don't know about that i uh, know i mean yeah i know you're right and who knows why things don't come to the floor you know joe and this will if, if this doesn't tick off your your listening audience it, it occurred to me this morning 
the main threat, <laughs> the main threat to American democracy is not Vladimir Putin. It's not Iran. The main threat to American democracy is the Republican Party. Oh, brother. <laughs> and, if, and, and, you know, if you don't think we are a few steps away from fascism, Joe, then you got another well, thing Well, if coming. we let it up to the Democrats, we're almost at socialism. So what's better? Where, what's wrong with Americanism? Why can't we be in the middle here? Oh, Why do we have to have socialism on the left? You're bringing Americanism. If, if, if the vast majority of the people agree that uh, abortion should be legal, but a few states, you know, with their ability to have uh, the unequal representation in the Senate, because we know that every state, no matter what the population, gets two votes, and that's where everything's being blocked right now in the Senate, you know, but the vast majority of the people in the United States say, yeah, I believe abortion under, you know, current circumstances should be allowed. What, that's not fascism. Do you understand? And the, you're, trying to equate, you're trying to equate being an American with, with not being behind the choice of a woman to have you, rights to her own body. How is that un-American? asking you a question, Eric. I know you know something of history, so let me ask you a question. The Founding Fathers intended for the House of Representatives to be a very passionate place where the current events of the day and the current expressions and current feelings could have their airing. They intended the Senate, with the way it was structured, to be a more deliberative body, more reflective of long-term goals and interests and less of the day's passions. It has worked perfectly for several hundred years now that way. There's nothing wrong with it. It's what the Founding Fathers intended, and it has served this country very, very well. Well, then I guess what we have to do is make sure that the people vote what their thoughts are. And if they believe that uh, abortion should be a woman's choice, then I guess they have to put in people into the Senate who also follow that Believe. That would be the people's right, and that's the way it should work. You don't vote for a political candidate because they aren't going to do things that you think are beneficial to the country. You aren't going to say, oh, I'd like Joe Smith, but he's going to vote against everything I believe in. Highly unlikely. You're going to uh, find a candidate well, who reflects your views. Joe, do you believe that uh, the, the Congress should be able to, or the um, Supreme Court should be able to block or any state should be able to block someone's right to leave their state to have an abortion in another state where it's legal well, the and Supreme then convict Co the Supreme Court has, comes back. The Supreme Court has not done that, and I don't think the legislation, yeah. I honestly don't think that would be fine, found constitutional. Eric, I'm sorry, we got to go. We have other calls pending, and we have to take a break. Mike, Chris, Fred, hang on. We're going to get to you just as soon as we can after we take this quick break from On the Mark. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could shop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Okay, welcome back to On the Mark. Joe McGranahan, Steve Kushloff, our producer is Lynn Hall, and we have three calls pending. We may not get to all three during this segment, but we'll give it a shot first with Mike. Good morning, Mike. You're on the mark. 
Hey, good morning. Uh, I happen to be listening to a senator from Michigan. I don't know what pronoun she prefers, so I'll just say a senator from Michigan. She's a Democrat, and she said one of the things that I seldom hear from our politicians these days, because they're too busy talking about abortion, uh, race, uh, January 6th, COVID, all that stuff. But she said, in regard to national security, we are in deep trouble, okay? So that, that is a strong statement for, what, what is there, 100 senators, uh, not even, what, 50 of them are Democrats. A Democrat to say we are in deep trouble related to national security. And we're spending all our time arguing about other things when the reality is we shouldn't be arguing. We should listen to this senator, Debbie Stabenow, and understand why she's saying that, and we should get our things together and start doing what we need to do to secure our national security. And I'm telling you, I, I'm just flabbergasted that day after day we're hearing about these topics that aren't related to national security. And I guess today the president is going to come out and he's you know, basically going to say that we have a climate crisis, emergency, catastrophe, all imminent, and if we don't elect Democrats, we're all going to die from heat. Okay, So there, there's one more distraction about what's really happening in this world, and uh, I think we're in deep doo-doo right now. Well, we're already See? dead. Don't you remember? We're already dead. Al Gore told us we'd never make it past this a couple of years ago. That, that, that's absolutely right. And, and again, when, you know, because, because the president's going to speak on climate, I'll just shift gears real quick and, and say a couple of things about that. You know, we have, you know, 50-year floods, 100-year floods, 500-year uh, floods, 1,000-year floods. But, you know, you know, some of these places where we have those floods, we only have data that goes back maybe 50 years. So we're, 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 we're making predictions what's going to happen once every 1,000 years on places where we have data only 50 years. So that's a problem for me. And then again, you know, we, we always hear about this record high or this record high. Well, you know, we have a lot of places that record temperatures in the, uh, in, in the United States. And, you know, I can remember reading the paper when I was a little kid and almost every day there was a record high somewhere. But it wasn't national news. It was a little tiny blurb underneath the weather map on the pages of the Sun Gazette. And uh, I guess it was the second page maybe. But anyway, I'm saying we need to be focused that we have real problems, and the real problems, yes, it's a personal problem if you want an abortion and you can't get it in your state, okay? And like that fellow before me said, you've got to vote for the people that will let you have an abortion wherever you want it, okay? If, that, if that's the number one problem on your list, fine. I, I don't care. But as far as I'm concerned, the future of this country is in grave danger and we are not responding the way we should. Fair enough. Stop. Good we'll point. Stop. You got it. Thank you. I agree. I agree. You got some issues there. Thank you very much. Appreciate your call as always, Mike. Uh, Fred from Lewisburg, you're on the mark. Uh, good morning. Uh, I heard a comment uh, earlier that uh, the Democrats were making the country into a socialist country. Uh, could you expand on that? Uh, some examples? I'm not quite sure I understand. What don't you understand? Uh, the you fact don't understand that, uh, socialism. Some of our basic, our basic uh, uh, functions of the of the of the government are socialists. 
uh, such as Social Security and Medicare right. and, um, and uh, uh, the schools and, and we all, you, you pay into the school tax if, if you have children or not. Um, how is it that the Democrats are making the country a socialist country but the Republicans are not? Now, the Republicans, according to Steve, are trying to make it a fascist country. He says the biggest well, threat to our democracy is the Republican Party. Yeah, but that's, that's avoiding the caller's question. How, no. you know, how, I, I, I really agree. Through the agree. expense of large amounts of money that are unnecessary through social programs that have very little to do with people expressing their own, accepting responsibility for themselves, assuming the government, assuming responsibility, cradle to grave for us. We have the programs for this, programs for that. We have few programs programs that emphasize personal responsibility. And we also give, uh, you know, the other day you were very upset when I talked about the, how the Republicans are trying to, uh, will not support any programs that provide any kind of help to uh, families that can't, can't afford to put food on the table, can't afford uh, the rent, even if they are working people. And uh, that Did was Republicans vote to support the initial uh, COVID uh, that, that was COVID. But I but rattled... That's I, when you yes. said they never support anything that has no, to no, do with no, putting Joe. food on the table. Joe, I rattled off several, and I can go back through my notes, I rattled off several uh, programs that specifically help children and when before these programs expired about a year ago uh, they had really reduced the number of kids living in poverty so uh, so you know obviously we are now getting off the subject uh, and yet and yet Republicans they'll, they'll support whatever measures are out there to prov to provide help for 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 corporations the big tax cut under Donald Trump uh, it was corporations that got the huge uh, benefits of that much more than the individual people well the difference so, the, the basic difference between the parties is the Republicans want to give you a hand up the Democrats want to give you a handout well that's very good Joe that's the kind of thing that you know you can embroider that and put but it Fred, on the wall. <laughs> We're taking Fred's time here. Fred? Well, I was just wondering if you could give me some more examples of these uh, handouts that you're talking about that you might um, reverse or not uh, uh, that they shouldn't be offered. Well, what programs are we talking about? If we're talking about social well, programs... Uh, I, I'm asking you because you're saying that uh, these, these all these programs are... Um, didn't say all of them. Not they're too much in the socialist vein so if you'll give me some examples of what you think that are uh, specific examples of of programs that you would eliminate because it's too much of a handout versus a hand up well let's take a look at some of the social programs that have been enacted over the few year, last few years um, the things that um, um, Barack Obama espoused. Let's take, for example, health care. Where is the personal responsibility there? They want to make college education free. They want to forgive the debts of college students. If well, your education, well, if, of, your education of, if your education, if your education, by each one. If you your said education, here, what was what was the problem with the uh, Affordable Care Act? The problem with the uh, Affordable Care Act is it wasn't affordable and it was sold to us on a lie. If you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. If you like your plan, you can keep your plan. That was a lie. They want to they want to forgive college student debt. Yeah, now, well, if, well, before we go further, 
was there a plan that was offered by the uh, opposing party? Nope, I uh, agree with was, you. There uh, wasn't something that was presented to the public uh, in in con to contrast with the Affordable Care Act. Nope, I do not remember the Republican Party Fred, presenting take, any take, take specific. Take the win. I'm agreeing with detailed, you. Detailed uh, the uh, program. Fred, take the win. I'm agreeing with you. The Republicans didn't have anything to offer. I agree. Because I'm, I am in health care, and so it is something that I've seen, and I've, I have felt that uh, the Affordable Care Act was a positive for the, for the public uh, offering health care for some, somebody. Fair enough, Fred. Hey, listen, we're out of time in this segment. If you need another minute to finish up, call back. Chris, you can either hang on or call back after the next uh, the news segment. Sorry we didn't get to everybody, but we're, trying, we're having a vibrant discussion here, and we're trying to let it flow as it flows. Stay tuned for more of On the Mark after the CBS News on the Hour 10. I'm Joe McGranahan with Steve Kushaloff. This is WKOK Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565. Or email on the mark at wkok.com. Now, here's your host for On the Mark, Joe McGranahan. Thank you. Welcome back. Steve Kushaloff is with me. Lynn Hall is our producer. And God bless you, Chris. You've been hanging on long enough. Before I do the news headlines or introduce the show, I'm going to take your call. Go ahead. Okay. Well, first of all, with Mike, uh, I looked up Fabino and the two things that came up on uh, recently where she's talked about national security was two locks and agricultural production overseas as part of the homes, homes uh, part of a secured national security act funding so uh, it'd be nice if he uh, mentioned what he thought she was talking about when she said national security because it had nothing to do with his complaint as far as i can tell and the other thing is how consistently inaccurate you've been today. <laughs> Joe! Yeah, Joe, yes. Can you imagine that? Go In ahead. what regard? All, what? In what regard have I been inaccurate? Uh, first of all, with uh, Saudi, uh, Saudis and Trump, uh, Trump counted uh, on them as, as good friends and great people. And uh, it was one of their his major go-to people for support in his election here, even. And he also didn't even really acknowledge the Kusagi murder as being their fault. Or at least it took him several months to, but I don't think he ever did. And he never criticized them for it at all that I know of. So that's the difference. And uh, on the Southern filibuster, it only takes 51 votes to pass a bill in the Senate. It takes 60 to get it to the floor for a vote. So they aren't allowed to vote on the bill. But they keep, it still gets on the floor. It still gets to present it. You, you can present the bill. On whether you get that was my the point. Floor, that was my point. You don't get to vote on the bill. Okay, I, that's exactly what I said. It can get no, on the floor. No, that's not exactly what yes, you said. Yes, it is, Maybe Chris. that's what you meant. But you need to get the wax said. out of your ears, buddy. That's what I said. No. You denied that you said anything could come to the floor. Any bill. You can introduce any bill you want to. 
yes, but you're only introducing, you're only, uh, you said you could get any bill to the floor if you have be voted on. No, I didn't say to be voted on. I said it could be, maybe I should have said presented. Any bill can be presented. You can't see it. I'm moving on anyway. Okay, well, you move on, Chris. Okay, and then uh, there's Obamacare. First of all, the question was, in what regard was it socialist, which you never answered, but you said what was wrong with it, and compared to, you've never had a right to keep your doctor. Well, Fred didn't let me finish, but what I was going to say is that was the first part, and then there's Bernie Sanders and the socialist Medicare for Medicaid for all. Well, socialist Medicaid for all. Yes, in other words, he wants to have Medicare, Medicaid for all, everybody pays for it, nobody pays for their own health care. But Medicare for all is socialist, that's your position? Nobody pays, nobody pays for anything, we just, the government takes care of all of us, cradle to grave, that's socialism. (laughs) (laughs) So, it's not socialism, or if that's just true of Medicare. Well, I'm not going to debate how many angels, angels can dance on the head of a pin. I'm just telling you, he asked no, me, no, for I'm example, he asked me, for example, some programs I thought were socialistic. I gave him an answer. So you think Medicare is a socialist program? I think Medicare for all is socialist. Republicans always have, and they always want to get rid of it, too. I don't want to get rid of it. I just think that if you start giving everybody your everything for does. free, that's you socialism. Your and, party doesn't. And, and, you know, actually, how is med- even Medicare... You know, Medicare for all. I'm not even sure that's even particularly socialist because Medicare doesn't pay for everything. Medicaid, Medicare. He's trying to get everybody for free. Well, be that as it may, these are pretty. Yes, know, and he's, a, he's an acknowledged socialist, a democratic socialist, yeah. and not uh, any reason for you to hate him. I didn't say I hated him. I was asked to, to talk about socialist programs. I gave a mention. Listen, we got to set the program. I'll we'll give you the last 30 seconds. Fire away. Well, set the program. Yes, we well, ca- we came to you instead of going forward. So I need to do the news and I need to get going here. So I'll give you 30 more seconds. Use it or okay, lose it. Okay, well, why don't you talk about uh, whether Trump should should be, uh, should be re-elected? <laughs> I wouldn't vote for him again. Uh, your party seems to. I don't care what they think. I'm, I'm a part of the party. If oh, he was name were on the ballot, uh, he wouldn't get my okay. vote. If somebody well, was running, well, who, if somebody so was you running, only talk about things you if don't somebody like about the was, if somebody was running, like your party. if somebody was running who had his values, who had his programs, but wasn't him, oh, they get the my way, vote. Yes, that is one thing I've been wanting you to talk about for a long okay, time. Okay, well, unfortunately, the programs you, you like, Chris. I'm sorry, Chris. We got to start the program. You can call back for another minute if you need it. On the Mark is brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company, a family dealership since 1915. Find them at www.sunburymotors.com online. Find them on North 4th Street in Sunbury, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. They invite you to visit the Quick Lane on North 4th Street in Sunbury, where they specialize in all types of service on vehicles, state inspection, and nitrogen for tires. They're open Monday through Friday, 6.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. Saturday, 6 
6.30 a.m. till 2 p.m. The Sunbury Motor Company sells Ford, Hyundai, Kia cars. They are the premier service provider for all makes of cars and trucks and all sizes of trucks, and they're a master towing service with decades of experience. On the Mark, brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company, our toll-free line is open. Call us at 1-800-795-9565 or email us at onthemark at wkok.com. Taking a look at our news headlines, for the second time, the mother of two brothers who committed suicide inside the Northumberland County Jail has filed a federal lawsuit. The Daily Item reports that Sherry Beers of Paxinos filed the lawsuits against the county and jail officials following the 2021 death of her son, 34-year-old Sean Beers. Beers was found unresponsive in his cell September 15th at the Cole Township facility. Sherry Beers also filed a lawsuit for the death of her other son, Andrew Beers, who died of suicide in 2013 at the former Snyder uh, County Jail rather, in Sunbury. The Daily Item reports Northumberland County settled that lawsuit with the Beers family for $75,000. Volunteer fire crews responded quickly to a house fire in Sunbury yesterday morning. According to the Northumberland County Firewire, the blaze was first reported at around 8 a.m. Tuesday at 858 North 4th Street. Crews indicated there was smoke coming from the home upon their arrival, and the American Red Cross was called to assist. North 4th Street was shut down around the scene, but reopened shortly after 930 yesterday. The 17th Judicial District Treatment Courts will hold their 36th graduation ceremony on August 3rd at 10 a.m. The ceremony will be held inside the courtroom of the Snyder County Courthouse. Judge Lori Hackenberg will preside over the ceremony that acknowledges the success and hard work of several participants impacted by addiction who have completed all the requirements of the program. Participant family members and friends are invited to attend the graduation ceremony. That's our quick look at news headlines. Yeah, you should read some of these emails because they're really, they are off the wall. Well, we will get to them, but we I told Fred he could call back if he needed another minute, and I'm a man of my word. Fred, you got your other minute. Go ahead. Um, about socialist programs, about the um, um, Medicare or Medica Medicare for All, uh, it's interesting that that experiment has been uh, every, other every other civilized country, westernized country in the world has uh, national health insurance. And it uh, provides health care for all their citizens. I've always been uh, um, disturbed by the fact that we don't offer health care for as a right uh, of being a citizen. And um, uh, the expense and the, and the how it functions can be debated. However, it's something that um, uh, is not a radical idea because every other country has it and uh, our model of majority of our uh, population getting their their health care through their uh, employer is uh, uh, can be questioned because of the uh, volatility of our of our job market and all of a sudden you find yourself out of a job you also find yourself out of health insurance Okay. I, you've got a good point there. Uh, thank thank you, you, Fred. Thank you for calling. Appreciate your call. 1-800-795-9565. Email us at onthemarketwkok.com. One of our emailers, who apparently Steve doesn't like, says, Hey, Steve, if people should not own assault guns because they are not trained to properly use them, then what about cars and motorcycles that can go 90-plus miles per hour? Should those not be allowed, or th should those not be allowed on our highways? Okay. Now, the first thing is, 
here what's not a Joe, Joe, I can't even see the email. Oh, now. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just deleted it well, after I read it. Go okay, ahead. So but you know what it was. The first thing is uh, what's not allowed. Yeah, motorcycles and cars are allowed on the highway. Of course they are. What's not allowed is going 90 miles an hour. So that made no sense. Uh, and, and to uh, No, he said they are capable of it, just as a gun is capable of killing people but doesn't necessarily do it on its own. His point was they have not capability to go 90 miles know, an hour. Should that be banned? People always, people not always, I should be careful, people love to equate cars and alcohol with guns. You can drive a car and the intent is not to do damage to anybody or anything. You can have a drink of alcohol and the intent is not necessarily to get drunk to do damage to yourself or anything. The intent of a gun is to do uh, a damage to either a person or a thing. Well, no, that's not true. Target practice. Target practice. That's true. I was just... Self-defense. See? Now, self-defense... But if no one ever attacks you, you don't ever do anything with a gun. Of course. And if, if people feel the need to have a gun for self-defense, they should certainly have that ability. If people feel a, a need to have a, a gun for hunting, of course they should have that ability. Uh, but to, but this thing where people equate uh, guns with cars is is ridiculous. Now I'm going to read this other one myself, Joe. Let's not let's not uh, kill it right away. Let's not delete it. Re <laughs> I will read it. It's from oh they signed it, so I can use the name here. You can read what they signed. Okay. Anyway, reason number nine to vote Democrat, according to Steve. If Republicans are in control, your children are going to die. That's from Mike from Bloomsburg. Now, I got in trouble months ago for using, uh, for calling somebody a liar, so I'm not going to do it in this case. I learned my lesson. But I have never said or taken the position that if Republicans are in control, your children are going to die. Well, you said that Republicans don't want to feed children who need food. You said Republicans don't want to help children who need health care. They don't want to do all these things. After they're born, we don't care about them. That means we would let them to die, doesn't it? Uh, uh, see, there you go. There well, you I'm asking. It was you your know, logic. I'm not mine. It's like, it's like your hero, Ronald Reagan, said, there Now you, i got to stand up. Yes. There, <laughs> there you go again, Mr. President. Well, there you go again, Mr. McGranahan, making a leap from this to that. It is true. In general, Republicans at the national level do not support uh, programs that help families. Uh, because, because, unfortunately, there are Republicans like you who think those programs are socialist no. and you've got to do everything on your they own. They try to help families by helping people who employ families, by helping businesses that create jobs to sustain families. Okay. Again, my argument is Republicans want to give you a hand up. Democrats want to give you a hand out. Okay. The point is this. The point, and even this goes back to the uh, American, uh, the discussion about the Affordable Care Act. Providing support, not paying cradle to grave, not paying the total bill, but providing support for things like health care, for things like higher education, even for things like home ownership. These are programs that don't just help the immediate recipient of the assistance. These are programs that help communities. 
But there are programs that have Republicans have supported that provide college tuition assistance for people. You know, but on the other hand, the Democrats want me to pay for your education. And if you don't think your education is worth paying for, why should I pay for it? Number one, when you put everyone in the same boat, I can distinctly remember when my hero, Joe Biden, stood up at a debate. And it, it, no, it wasn't even a debate. It was just a town uh, meeting that he had. And a woman, a fairly young woman, stood up and said something about uh, providing $50,000 in forgiveness for college loans. And Joe Biden unequivocally said, well, I don't think we're going to do that. So Joe Biden does not support paying. But he, he was on board for $10,000. Okay. Okay, so maybe that makes sense. So, no, it doesn't. It's the same argument. No. Uh, who's going to, what about reparations for me, for my college education? I paid my bills years ago. I'd like my money back. Well, maybe. How, how far back are we going to go? I don't think we're going to go back very far Why at all. Why go back at all? If you want an education, you pay for it. Because, uh, because of the point I tried to make five minutes ago and was obviously <laughs> ignored. Because when you provide help for kids to seek higher education, which includes a lot more than college, it also includes vocational no technical argument. training. When you provide that kind of help, you are strengthening communities. And colleges provide that kind of help. Have you ever heard of scholarships? Most colleges have huge endowments where they help deserving students. Have you? How many kids have you sent to college? One. Okay, me too. My kid... We paid the freight got, the whole way through, yes, however. We got no help. We got no help from uh, the college that my daughter went to. So, yeah, I hear all this talk about, oh, colleges have all this money they're going to hand out. Give yeah, you this I'd like that. to have the education money I pay for my son's education back. I wouldn't mind, wouldn't mind having that now right, okay. that I'm retired. And wouldn't it be nice? You know, we looked into Pell Grants uh, when my daughter was getting into going into college. That was a total waste of my time. Number one, there's there's not a lot of money there. And number two, you you got to be virtually destitute. To, uh, to qualify for any of that type of funding. But come on, Steve, you got to admit that a kid who wants an education can find a way to get it. Yes, they may be in debt for an extended period of time, but the fact you took a degree in Bolivian art history and, and spent $75,000 to get it or $100,000 to get it is no skin off my nose. You wanted it, you got it, you pay for it. Okay, it's a shame that kid didn't go and get an engineering degree or something like that because then Joe McGranahan would say, hey, I'm more than happy no, to pay for it. He he, he, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that the engineer has a much better chance of paying back yeah. for for what he g borrowed than the kid who took the degree in Bolivian art history. Right. And so the colleges and the government uh, programs that help colleges, they should have a list. If you're going to major in this, 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 yes, or this, they should. we'll give you an account. And if you're going to major in this, so in other words, shouldn't there be, now come on, now here, here you're cra tramping on my feet. Shouldn't there be a list of things that we need in this country? We need 75,000 teachers. We need 250,000 doctors. We need 85,000 of this, 75,000 of that. Shouldn't we be encouraging people to fill the needs that we have rather than just pursuing something that isn't likely to make them a living? Number one, there is more to the college experience, and I'm not talking about fraternity parties. There was, okay. There was more to the college experience than simply the uh, degree that you get okay. when you graduate. we got to take a break. We have a call pending, and we will be right back. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. 
That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could shop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Welcome back to On the Mark. I'm Joe McGranahan with Steve Kushaloff. Lynn Hall is our producer, and Cindy is waiting online. Good morning, Cindy. You're on the mark. Good morning. Are you aware of the fact that 50%, actually more than 50% of the outstanding college debt in this country is held by doctors and lawyers, architects, people who got master's degrees and PhDs? Those are the top 1% of earners. And you're asking me, I will, I am not and never will be uh, their ilk to forgive them for their debt. When they're more than capable of paying for it, themselves. And in many cases, the ditch they dug was of their own making, by which I mean, my daughter looked at going to law school and we accompanied her to one university, one uh, facility, and they talked about make sure you take out a big enough loan to go on vacation in the summertime and to pay all of your bills even when you're not at school. Why couldn't you, when you're not in law school, do like I did in the summer and work so that I could pay for my college education. How do you know so they don't? This is such a false argument in my opinion. Secondly, our government, both state and federal, provides a plethora of programs in which you can either have your debt forgiven or go without debt. Among them is that if you put in so many years of uh, working in the public sector, your debt is forgiven. If you pay your bill, if you pay the bill on time for 10 years, the rest of your debt is forgiven. If you join the U.S. military, you can go to college for free. I mean, we have ways to do this. Oh, and that's right. the way, that's the routes that people should take. Not well, just go into college and earn degrees that may or may not be useful to the greater society and then turn around and say, oh, but I don't want to pay this bill. Oh, but I didn't do the math. I never knew I wasn't going to make, you know, buckaroo bob to pay. I paid off my debt. Yeah, most of us have. <laughs> right, right. What kind of lesson are we teaching people? Feel free to run up that bill because you won't be held accountable for it, but your neighbor, who never had the advantage of going to college, who will never earn that high salary and the juicy benefits, they'll pay for it for you. What kind of fair is that? Well, Isn't I, that really like the feudal system where the overlord exploited the pawn's labor? No, no, it's not. <laughs> Nothing like sure it. it. Oh, sure it is. Sure it is. You know, Cindy, because you're I, taxing every minute that woman's waiting tables, every minute that mechanic is breaking his knuckles, fixing your car, they're getting taxed for their time and effort. At, at every level of government, they're getting taxed for it. But people who have high incomes can put a lot of their money into the stock market, into funds, into mutual funds, buy bonds, and they're not getting taxed. 
You know, I know you don't like dialogue, so that's why I really refrain from saying anything when you call. I appreciate your calls. I usually don't say anything. Number one, when a doctor, yeah, you talk about, oh, my goodness, these doctors who earn so much money. You know, when a, when a doctor is like 28 years old and they are simply a resident somewhere, uh, they're not earning huge bucks. Uh, the architect that you mentioned, I know, I personally know one architect. I remember distinctly him coming to my door with a pizza because that was one of his jobs. Uh, delivering Good. pieces. My father served in the U.S. military to pay for his getting his well, architecture that's terrific. degree. Good. Okay. So, th- th- yes, you are correct. There are there are ways to find assistance. The example that I used was when my child went to college. Uh, we looked into all the the public uh, programs. Uh, believe me, I I was not a uh, and am not a wealthy person, but even in my circumstances i couldn't i couldn't uh, get any help um now joe talks about when he went to college you know he he and his family paid for the whole thing same with me i'm 73 years old when co- when i went to college what do you think it cost my my dad paid about 1700 dollars uh, a semester maybe for me to go to college plus you know you mentioned doctors lawyers architects Again, these are these are services. These are occupations that a, a strong community needs. Uh, I would think even Mr. McGranahan would would put them on his list of the programs that we will provide some level of assistance for. We'll give you the final Why? thirty seconds. Because these people's income. This is what makes no sense to me, Steve. These people make enough money to pay that debt. I know. My brother-in-law is a dentist. My father was an architect. There are mechanisms to do this. They, believe me, my brother-in-law could afford to pay off his college debt. How, how in, old is in he? In oceans and put his four kids through college. How old is he? You know, when your... I went to school, I put myself through college, Steve. I did it. It was a terrible depression. My father had no way to help me, and so I did it. I took out the debt, and I paid it off as a nurse, making four fifty an hour. You can do those things. It's, it's a matter yeah, of personal responsibility, because I'll tell you, and, okay. it, and it lends the dignity to the fact yes. that I own that degree. Nobody gave it to me. Because somebody, I own it. Uh, I earned it. I, I'm going to throw this plug in. Somebody else who did the exact same thing you did is my wife, who is a registered nurse. Uh, one question, if, if you wouldn't mind. How old is your brother-in-law the dentist? In his 70s. He's in his 70s. When your brother-in-law, the dentist, was about 31 or 29, did he have did he have buku bucks then? Did he have a lot of money then that he could have handled this uh, massive uh, debt? Oh. They accumulated debt and they paid it off okay. after they got out of school. I'm not saying it's easy. You have to make choices, right? You have to make choices about, you know, we have that show on uh, in the afternoon here, and he talks about uh, that investment uh, gentleman. Gosh, his name escapes right. me. But you, you have to make choices, and once you've made those choices, then you use your money to pay for those things. Okay. So maybe it means, for example, that college that was encouraging the kids to take out debt so that they could go on vacation. Maybe you shouldn't be going on vacation. I did not go on vacation when I was in college. I worked all summer long, okay. every one of those three years, Listen, guys, in order we got, to earn the money to pay my way. We got three That's more calls. That's how you do it. We got three There's calls pending. There's self-denial involved. 
Uh, we got three calls pending. Cindy, thanks Sorry. so much for your thanks. comments. That's okay. Appreciate your call as always. We do have some calls pending, and we want to get to them. One, we, we promised we read one of the texts. So, what do you think about poor AOC getting arrested yesterday? Her purposely faked appearance of being handcuffed, posed for the media with arms behind her back and hands together. Of course, much of the media are taking those same photos for her support or pity. Credibility goes out the window with such obvious stunts. Okay? Now, we have two callers who want an extra minute and a first-time caller. We're going to go with the first-time caller first. Judy, you're on the mark. Uh, good morning. Yes, uh, this ties in with the subject being discussed. I don't know if this is the case today, but I do know um, a number of years back that the state of Pennsylvania was paying one-third of the doctor's medical uh, malpractice insurance to keep them in Pennsylvania. And that was a big one. So that helped out an awful lot, even though perhaps it didn't tie in with what had been discussed. I think that makes a difference when you're, you have a third of your malpractice, malpractice insurance even then. Now it's outrageous now. But even then it was quite expensive. And a third of it, when you're talking about all the doctors in Pennsylvania, that's a lot of money. Right. That's all I have to say. I just wanted to bring that issue well, up. Well, and remember, Judy, at that time, a lot of doctors were giving up their practices because they couldn't afford to pay that malpractice insurance. So really, the state doing that was for our benefit to make sure that we had right. medical care available. You mean so? Oh, I don't say that it wasn't. And it was done purposely to keep, because they were going out of Pennsylvania. Right. right. Because of what they were paying in malpractice insurance and... It's just they weren't making the money here. So that's why they did that. But, okay. but Joe, I thought you said that uh, the government shouldn't be providing any I'm telling you that's why they did any. it. I'm telling you that's why they did it. But you were opposed to it. I'm not saying You're one way right, or the other. <laughs> okay, no, Judy. You can't weasel out of it that way. Thank you, Judy. Appreciate your call. Thank, Thank you for bringing that up. It's an excellent point. Thanks a lot. Okay, we have a first-time caller and two one-minuters. We'll take the first of the one-minuters and then go to the full-time. Chris, you got another minute, and that's it. Yeah, so, so I was trying to say at the end there, your favorite uh, Trump program, uh, the tax cuts, uh, if you look at the Forbes or Brookings, I figured you'd trust Forbes more than Brookings, but they both, both say the same thing. The report on it two years after the fact was that it increased the, the national debt by one to two trillion. It did not pay for itself. It did not create that many jobs, although it did create some jobs. And it, uh, created no, really no new reinvestment in, it didn't cause an increase in any reinvestment in, in reinvestment in the companies and infrastructure and expanding went down uh, two years, by two years after it was passed. Okay. Thank you, Chris. So it, it, was a, it was pretty much a failure, much worse than Obamacare being called a failure by you. Okay, we gave you your minute, sir, and you made your point. Harry, you're on the mark. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Joe. First of all, happy birthday. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Second of all, I, uh, I just turned the program on, so I don't know what you talked about early. Uh, I'm going to change the subject a little bit. Um, I had a, a concern, and uh, yesterday I saw the House codified um, 
the uh, uh, same-sex marriage uh, law. And I, it does not matter where you stand in that uh, belief or non-belief in, in that, but I believe what they did yesterday is, uh, is very concerning because, as I recall from being in school when they taught civics yet, was that we had three branches of the government, the executive, the legislative, and the judicial, and each had a set purpose. And it strikes me that by codifying, the legislative branch is moving into the judicial branch, and they're upset because they felt they were legislating from the judicial branch, so to turn it around, they are now uh, ruling from the bench through the executive or through the legislative level. And I think when we start turning, we should be more concerned that we are turning our government into um, reactionaries and getting away from what it was set up to be. And that's the overriding concern I have with that. Not whether you believe in what the ruling was, is, or will be, but the fact that the government that we were taught was supposed to be run for years, and I'm not naive. I know that uh, we, the people, went by the wayside many, many, many years ago. But I, that's what I'm most concerned about with that codifying yesterday. Now, I know it has to go through the Senate, which is unlikely. I know all of that. But I think it sets a very dangerous precedent when we are going to just, oh, we don't like this, so now we're going to legislate in a way that is supposed to be set up for another branch of the government. But That's kind of scary. No, Harry, I think even even judges and I think even Supreme Court justices have, in many cases, have said, uh, this is a matter, whatever it is, this is a matter that the legislature has, has to deal with. Uh, I, I don't particularly see, you know, when, when, when there is a decision from the, from the Supreme Court, um, and the legislature doesn't like it. Let's you know put it that way. They are certainly within their rights to uh, to pass uh, legislation codifying it. Now, don't forget though. Now, I I think that wait. I think Joe can correct me. I think any law that is passed by the Congress, uh, the Supreme Court has the uh, right and the responsibility maybe to say. I don't, we don't care about the law you just passed. It is just simply not constitutional. But only if somebody brings a that, case before it that makes oh, yeah. its way all the way through the judicial system and winds up at the Supreme Court. Well, that happens all right. And, and, Steve, in all fairness, your, your point is correct. If, if there had been a ruling from the court that struck it down, there was not a ruling. There is a concern over uh, Clarence Thomas's comments that they would make a ruling on it. But as of yet, there was no ruling for the House to act on to enact a law to pander to a uh, to to get votes, which is really all it is. Right. Let me just uh, uh, can I toss out one example? This is uh, you you we've probably all heard of what's called the Dred Scott decision. I don't really know much about it, so I'll read about it. This was back in 1857. Basically, the Supreme Court ruled... Under Justice Roger B. Tenney. The Supreme Court ruled that African Americans could not be citizens of the United States 
and therefore had no standing in the U.S. legal system. Now, uh, Harry, are you suggesting that the legislature should have simply said, well, that's it. Supreme Court said uh, African-Americans can't be citizens. We're going to have to leave it at that. No, that, that, that's silly to bring that up. But Why? No. And the, no, because that, that's just a silly law, and, and it was right to be struck down. What I'm saying about this is this was not a law or not a ruling passed down by the Supreme Court. It is a fear from the House that because of the ruling with abortion, the court will do it. So they're trying to, to, uh, to legislate a law that is not a, uh, a, a past judgment from the Supreme Court. Right. Okay. That's the but difference. It, we're going to we're gonna have to give Harry the last to, 30 seconds they're here. They're trying to codify a law that is not a law. Fair they're enough. They're trying to codify the law that is already... The, what they're trying to codify is what the law is that's already there. But they're trying to do it in a way that's backdooring it. And that's scary. Okay, Harry, listen, I'm sorry. we got to move on. We have three other calls, and we got to take a break. Thank you for your calls. Always appreciate them and your opinions. We'll take that break, and we'll be right back with three more callers. Okay, welcome back to On The Mark. We've got three calls pending. We're way behind on emails. It's a busy, busy day. Eric, you get 60 seconds. Fire away. Just one correction for you, Joe. Uh, Bernie Sanders is, was not elected as a Democrat. He's the only independent in the Senate. So you want to bring up Bernie Sanders, uh, who has very, very left tendencies, which do not reflect, I think, a lot of or most of us in the Democratic Party. Uh, but second of all, I think we bring up a lot of good points about trying to support our young people in, in getting an education. And I think we have a great, uh, great model. Uh, the, the federal government every year pays for thousands of, of people to go to college. Uh, it's called ROTC, Reserve Officer Training, Training Program, by which they're preparing them to go in the military, which we need military officers. So I think we have a great, a great model there. So uh, states could then set up uh, programs by which if someone agrees to, let's say, go to nursing school and then to serve four years or the like number of years they're in college at a rural hospital or a hospital which needs them, I think that's a great program. I think there are some programs set up across the United States, okay. but I think we could expand those. Fair enough. Thank you, Eric. Appreciate your call. Thank you. Thank you. Bob, you're on the mark from Paxinus. Yeah, good morning. Uh, as far as health care goes and college education, I mean, what Republicans want us to sit in the same chair we've been sitting in for the last hundred? They don't want to. They don't like change, you know, because you paid your college bill and you paid your mortgage loan or your college tuition or medical expenses. You don't want change, right? I, yeah, and that's sort of the point I was trying to make. That providing help for kids to uh, seek higher education. Is, is good for and the, the only good education the that they're trying to push is for college, community college, free community college. Can you go to a free community college and become a doctor? Or you, got a, you can start there. That, that's the starting well, point. Yeah, so at least they get a start for free. You know, and. Or some and, help. You know, another point about this free, let's just talk about free community college, not getting into the specifics. If there was free community college, don't you think it would have been a little easier for city of, the city of Sunbury to get a community college? I mean, that effort has been going on for, for years. If there was more uh, assistance out there 
it, for community college attendance. Yeah, but we have needs that are being met by other institutions around here. That you don't, you don't, creating another layer of education doesn't necessarily solve a problem. The question should be not do we need a community college of our own, but what are the educational opportunities available to our young people versus the cost of those? Well, they can go to... And uh, then, when, when children don't pay their bills, they get bad credit for that, too. Do you know sure. that? Yes, you do. You know, I have a, I have a mortgage. If I choose not to uh, pay my mortgage, I'm going to lose my house, and I'm going to have to claim bankruptcy, and I can have it all wiped away. You cannot wipe away a tax uh, college education through uh, a bankruptcy. No, but we can't repossess the education you got either, so you, we're stuck with paying the bill then. But I tell you, the first well, home... it would show up on their, uh, their uh, uh, personal information when they go for a job, probably. Well, yeah, I, th I think your debt, the, the fact that you can't handle your finances, would lead me to believe that maybe you shouldn't be an employee who deals with a lot of money. Wouldn't you agree, Bob? Uh, <laughs> agree that we need to change things, and uh, maybe it's for the better that we try and help our, our, our children grow up and, you know, not have as much debt on their plate because... I co-signed for my nephew to go to college, and he lost his job, and it was a big, uh, I'll never do that again, but, uh, you know, you learn the hard way sometimes, and, you know, everything isn't free for everybody, but some things need to be free, even if they had to extend school another year or two so that these kids get some education for free from the government might you know, even help. And we always, we always talk about, oh, it's it's free. It's free. We we can't have anything be free. My my first home down on uh, South Second Street in Sunbury. I yeah. I purchased that home with help from the U.S. government a pro, uh, under the Farmers Home Administration. And so for many years I I lived in that home. I paid the mortgage. I paid what I needed to pay, but it was a fairly reduced rate. It was a fairly reduced rate because of the Farmers Home Administration. Then I got uh, then I uh, got married, and I was able to sell that home and buy a home with no government help uh, somewhere else. And so there, to me, that is just a that's just a great example of how okay. a government program did help in this case. And again, to strength to uh, strengthen the community. Fair enough. All right, Bob. Thank you. We appreciate your call. We have two calls holding, and we have a break to take to stay on schedule. A very busy day on on the mark. But we'll be right back. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake. A service technician who really knows what he's doing. He can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You can shop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf.
Okay, welcome back to On the Mark. I'm Joe McGrane and Steve Krushaloff is here. Our producer's Lynn Hall. And Lance has been waiting quite patiently. Good morning, sir. You're on the mark. Oh, that doesn't matter. I just put on the uh, speakerphone. Okay. Why, we were talking about uh, the cost of uh, tuition and how it's unaffordable. Well, you know, before all the government help, it was. I mean, I just have some figures here. I'm the same age as uh, Steve. So when we were born, um, a um, tuition at uh, Bucknell was uh, $610. A house to build a new house was 8400 And income was about $4,000. So that's pretty good, you know. Now, until we got out of high school, a house was 14000 to build, rough. And I know houses that were built for that. Um, tuition at Bucknell was about uh, $2,200, and income was 7500 So things were going pretty good, you got to admit. So now, after all the great society, happy horse stuff, why um, we find a house costing 300000 to build, uh, tuition 58000 and income at 67000 so before all the government help, we were doing pretty good. And then afterwards, it just uh, because of, uh, well, people being people, you put that big wad of money in front of them, and they're just going to start to grab. You know, there, there is probably a, a kernel, a small kernel of truth to what you're saying. Uh, when there's more available money, somehow that's going to find its way. My parents bought their house in 1959 for $14,000. When my mom passed away in 2001 and me and my sisters sold it, we got a heck of a lot more than $14,000. And I don't think there was any government involvement whatsoever at that point. Uh, well, sure there was. There was money to buy it. If there hadn't have been money there to buy it, it wouldn't have been worth that much. No, wait, wait. There was money for who to buy it? I think he's saying whoever bought the house well, has got some federal money available. Yeah, I, I don't know. How do you know? <laughs> you know, Lance, how do you know that the people who bought my parents' house had government help to buy it? You don't no, know that. Not, no, wait a minute. Not directly. But my, my wife was in the appraisal business. That was how it was appraised because other houses had sold for that big amount of money. Right. And they sold for a big amount of money because they could ask that big amount of money because money was available easily. And again, it. Had it not been available, it had not been there. Right. And again, I'm asking, I know how, I sort of know how it works. When the realtor sets a price, the first thing they do is they look at what the houses in that area are selling for. And so, yeah, that might shoot up the price. But again, you're trying to make the point that all the other houses selling in that area are being bought by people who are using government money. How do you no, know? No, 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 no. Just that the general uh, idea that has been put through the market, it, it influenced the market to that extent. To some degree. Now... Some degree. Okay. That, to, is, that is the market. Well, let's, let's talk about, for instance, uh, first-time home buyers programs. Uh, again, I, you know, I'm not saying that the government, you go to the government and say, here, I have a chance to buy a house for $75,000. i am not suggesting that the government say, okay, here's a check for $75,000. What I am suggesting is when you've got a family 
and they're trying to buy their first home, there should be uh, programs that at least can give them a little bit of a help. Okay, well, you gentlemen will have to continue that discussion tomorrow because we're out of time. We had a very, very busy day. Lynn, thank you for keeping up with us. You did a great job over there, Steve. See you tomorrow morning. We'll continue this discussion. We'll try to get to some of the emails we didn't get a chance to read today. Thanks so much for being with us. And on the mark, I'm Joe McGrandan with Steve Kushloff. This is WKOK, Sunbury, Pennsylvania.